Well, I have, a, I have a question, a random question, for those who especially like to read. Do we have any of those who like to read? Oh, some hands. Hey, hey, like to read? Cool, okay. So random question, do you know what is the number one best-selling book? Now, are you saying the Bible because you think that's the right answer, or do you know it's the Bible? Like, it could be something, like, it, I heard one someone say Bible, and then it trickled through, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, oh, it must be the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, right? Is it the Bible? Well, for the first person who said the Bible, you are correct. The first person who said it, because the Guinness World Record says that the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. In the 21st century, the Bible estimates of selling 80 million copies a year. A year. That's a whole lot of Bibles. And it's probably a bunch of that's probably for me because I lose my Bible and I got another Bible. So there's a lot of Bibles that go out. Now this here is my Bible. This is what I have. I also have my Bible on my phone, on my iPad, and I have some at home. You may also have a Bible that looks similar to this or maybe it's on your phone also. But whatever form of Bible that you have, everything inside of it is the same. It is all the same. It is God's written word. Now, the Bible, I like to call it, it's my library, because it's not just a, a, a thing that you just read all the way through. It's, it's 66 books that is in one book. It's a library. And all these stories that, are, that is in the Bible points to one picture, a big picture, and that is Jesus, a Savior that is coming or has come, right? And so all the stories from the Old Testament, which is the beginning, all the way to the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible, all forms that kind of story of Jesus, the Redeemer, the Love Giver. And so that's where we teach from. That's where I'm teaching from today is God's written word, the Bible. All right? So... The reason why I want to bring that up is because I'm challenging myself to read um, the Bible in a year. I've done it. I want to do it again. But we also have a challenge in our family where we are challenging ourselves, how many books can we read in a year? And I, I put myself for 12 books. I hope I can do more, but I'm putting 12 books. I'm like, maybe a book a month. <laughs> yes. Yes. And uh, my daughter, who uh, I'm pretty sure wants to read over 60 books in the year, she's a bookworm. And so... Uh, I've been reading a lot, doing my best to get back into this good habit. And so I was reading this week. And a story came across my lap that I felt like I wanted to share with you today out of my reading, out of choosing to accept this challenge. So here I want to read this story for you. So it says, I read once of a police officer who pulled a man over for an expired registration. Anyone been there? <laughs> okay. Good honesty, good. The man acknowledged he was in the wrong, but had fallen in tough times financially and had no other option. And he says, there's no explanation for why I haven't done it, except I don't have the money. It was either to feed my kids or get my registration done. So the man pleaded with the police officer, I had a choice and this is the choice I took. The police officer listened, but in the end gave the father of two young children a ticket deepening the pit the man was in financially. Just two, week, two weeks away from Christmas and further behind than ever, his des the desperation filled his heart and not sure what to do now. When the police officer had driven away, the man looked down at the ticket and realized there wasn't just a ticket there, there was one, but it was also a $100 bill. It was wrapped around inside the ticket. He was able to use that money to pay the fine for his, to update his registrations on his car and also his wife's car. 
in that moment, out of desperation, he did say, Jesus, why, why? Be real. In that experience, when he looked down, he saw the ticket in the $100. That experience not only helped this man out in a tough moment, but he also later said his experience of grace restored his faith in Jesus. In this story, we see where Jesus made, him, made himself real in this man's life. It wasn't, it wasn't um, at church, even though you're here. It was in a car pulled over because he, had an ex he was expired. But Jesus, out of his realness, out of his, his love, out of hearing his desperation of knowing this man's heart, answered his prayer of he said, why? And he provided. Today, we're going to do church a little bit different today. We have four friends today that have a story. Each of them have a story to share. And we want to, they're going to ask the question or answer the question of where did Jesus show himself real in their lives? This is them. All I did was approach them and they said, I can share on this. And I was like, fantastic. So it takes a lot of bravery and courage for them to come up but they said yes to this. So first I wanna uh, invite my friend Pat to come on up. So Pat here, he is one of our youth leaders. Yep. He's one of our youth leaders that helps out at our youth group. He also helps at our kids club and he does camera. Obviously someone else is there right now for obvious reasons for those online. And uh, he has just jumped aboard and, and a lot of things here. So we're very thankful for Pat and his friendship here. But Pat, I wanna ask you the question, where did Jesus show himself real in your life? Well, Jesus showed himself real in my life multiple occasions, basically from birth to today, right? And recently, about a year ago, uh, I was actually living in Ontario, for those of you who are here. Actually, I've only actually lived in New Brunswick since August. So about a year ago, um, I had just broken up with my girlfriend at the time. I was in a job that I absolutely did not feel fulfilled in. Like I dreaded the alarm clock going off. So I was like, I need something else, I need something. And my parents had actually just moved out here. They retired and they said, we're gonna go live in New Brunswick. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we started looking and this was during COVID too, right? There's COVID restrictions. I couldn't come out here and visit them. I couldn't see them. So a few months later, um, and it's around July 1st, Canada Day weekend, the restrictions lifted, and we're like, okay, we're gonna go visit the parents, right? Let's go out there, we're gonna have a good time, a nice vacation. So my brother and I did the drive out here, and I started seeing New Brunswick. I've never been out here before, I didn't even think I'd ever come out here, it was great. I loved it, I fell in love with this place, it was amazing, and I was like, this is where I wanna be. So I went home, and you know, through prayer, I had lots of people praying over me, my church, my family. Uh, it was fantastic. And within three weeks, I had two job offers to move out here. And I was like, this is awesome. I can, you know, I'll go to a spot where I feel fulfilled, I feel happy. And now, a year later, I'm here. I'm here, I'm at a church, I'm happy, it's growing, there's amazing people, I'm in a job I love, you know, and it's just like a complete 180 from how I felt. And it was awesome. And yeah, like Kate said, like we've got a youth group growing and everything. And it's just been like night and day difference. And I absolutely love it. Yeah, so you find yourself that God showed himself real in the times where it's just like, I don't know what my next step is, God. That's right. Like he has a plan for us. Yeah. We can't see it sometimes. We don't know what's going on. 
but I'm telling you, he's got a plan, and it's, it's incredible. It really is. Cool. Thank you, Pat, for sharing. Thank you so much. Sometimes we're in the unknown. I was reading, again, reading, reading. Yesterday I was reading that um, Good Friday was a day where sadness came, right? Jesus died on the cross, and it almost felt like hopelessness, right? Saturday came, and, and it's silent, and you're wondering, what's next? Where's, what, what do I do now? But then Sunday came, and Jesus rose again, right? There is a hope in Jesus, and so that's really awesome. Thanks, Pat, for sharing. I'm going to call my friend John up, and John's going to come up, and he has a story that he would like to share. And John has been a pretty awesome guy. He is our, our tech guy. He knows all things. <laughs> and him and his wife, Kimberly, do a lot here at the church, and we're just very honored to know you as friends. And um, John, can you tell us a story about where Jesus showed himself real in your life? He showed up in my life when I was 18 year old, years old in the form of a Baptist preacher. But 31 years ago, we found out we were going to have our third child. At the first ultrasound, the technician did the ultrasound, and then she called in the doctor. And the words that came from the doctor's mouth was, there's nothing wrong, you don't have nothing to worry about, contact your doctor as soon as you can. Some of the stupidest words I've ever heard in my life. So that was the most terrifying day of my life. Kimberly's too, I believe. We got into contact with our doctor. Uh, he told us that our daughter had hydrocephalus. And that's when the fluid in your brain is no, not circulating. It just builds up. And eventually, your child's head swells. They're, they call it mongoloid. And eventually, they die. Turns out the doctor didn't know what he was talking about. She did have hydrocephalus, but medicine had progressed so that they can now put a shunt in that relieves the pressure. On the second ultrasound, they also found out she has hydrocephalus. She's uh, paralyzed from the waist down. From what looked like was going to be a terrible outcome, God had different plans. Our daughter is now 30 years old. She's had a few minor things that happened to her medically, but she's healthy. And every day, at the end of the day, I get a hug. And I love you. That's Jesus showed up for me. Yeah, thank you, John. That was a great story. That's great. Thank you, John, for sharing that story. Yeah. Jesus can show up in ways where you really don't know how it's even possible. And when the doctor says one thing and you believe for the other, that's when Jesus can really show himself real. So thank you, John, for sharing your story. I'm going to call Sabri up. So Sabri is my daughter, and uh, she has a story. Yeah, you can, yeah, oh, she's, yeah, take it over. Here you go. <laughs> Sabri, can you tell us a time where Jesus showed himself real to you? Uh, so a time when God showed himself real to me was about two years ago when COVID started. And what we had to do for homeschooling was I had to use YouTube for videos. And so after 
a while school was done for the year, and I realized there was a lot more opportunity I could use YouTube for, whether that was drawing videos or video game hacks or just simple things like that. And so it got to the point where I was watching YouTube six to eight hours a day. And I would go behind my parents' backs at night and watch YouTube 12 plus into the night. And at this time, I was reading a book called Dangerous Prayers. And this book talks about the prayers that David prayed when he was going through tough times in the Old Testament. And the first prayer that he prayed was, search me. And so as I was reading that, I was kind of trying to ignore it, but it stuck out to me because God knew what I was doing was wrong. And he was like poking at me saying, what you're doing isn't right. You got to stop. And then so I kept doing it. The second prayer that David prayed was break me. That one started to stand out to me a little more because then I started to realize, okay, what I'm doing isn't exactly right, but it's fun. I'm enjoying it. Going behind my parents' backs, not so much, but I'm having fun. It's fine. And eventually I did get caught. And so after I got caught, um, I felt really bad. And so I started to read the book over again. Everything was standing out to me from a new angle. And when I, when I read Break Me Again, I literally broke. I realized what I did was wrong. Um, I apologized to my parents. And I, I felt really bad about what I did. But it also felt like there was a weight that had been like lifted off my shoulders. And then the last prayer that David prayed was, send me. That one I didn't really understand much until I started thinking about the book again, how we moved to New Brunswick. That last prayer came into effect when we moved here nine months ago. Send me was how we moved here in that. So yeah, that's how God showed up in my life. Thank you, Savory. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was an adventure coming here, but also walking through those, those ups and down parents, those ups and downs, right? Um, having a teenager and all that. So thank you, Sabri, for sharing. Very brave of you. It's awesome. I'm going to call up my friend Kim. Now, Kim, she has, uh, she, she's, she's my favorite. <laughs> really enjoy Kim. She is um, the receptionist plus all things everything at the school here. And um, she has a story. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. But she has a story to share um, where Jesus has shown up in your life. Yes, I've been so nervous to talk here today. Um, I'm very open about my story, and I tell everybody my story. But to say it in front of people that I may not know and online is a whole other situation. But when Caitlin came to me and, well, not even come to me. She was just talking about, I might have this different idea for church for Easter Sunday. And I knew right away, if she asked me, I was saying, yes, I have a story to tell. And I know that it, it's helpful. It, hopefully one day it'll be helpful to somebody. 
So in the summer of 2019, we also moved from Ontario, woo, um, <laughs> but we moved here in 2016. But the summer of 2019, I was sick. I had two young kids. I couldn't stay awake. I had no energy. I had headaches. I had all these issues. And every time I went to a doctor, they just kept saying, it's mental health issues. And I'm like, I have anxiety and I know that, but this was beyond. There was something wrong and no one would listen to me. Um, I had kind of fallen from the church from Ontario to my move here. And so that didn't have anything to do with it at the time, but I ended up um, finally had a doctor that would listen to me after having a series of mini strokes at 39 years old. Um, and it, during the next five months, we, they found a massive tumor in my brain and I had gone blind for 27 days before surgery. In this time, I was terrified. I had young kids. I didn't know what was happening. No one really had answers for me. But the Sunday before surgery, which was a Tuesday, I went to church with a friend of mine. And the pastor asked me if I was okay to come up front and the church would pray for me. I was totally not comfortable with that <laughs> at all. But I mean, how do I say no? Anything can help, right? And they prayed on me. I had people there, they were praying on me. The whole church prayed for me. And the day of surgery, I was so calm. It's something I can't even explain. My husband will attest, it was, um, it was just a calm that came over me. I knew God had this. Going into surgery, um, where I'm waiting out in the hallway, I had come from my husband and I'm waiting in the hallway and the anesthesiologist came out and he's like, I just need to know if you've taken any medication because I was so calm. And I said, no, I said, God has me through this. And he held his hand, held my hand and he prayed with me. He says, is it okay if I pray with you going into surgery? And I said, absolutely. Now at the time, it was a very large tumor. I was blind and there was no guarantee I was gonna get my eyesight back. I came out of a longer than expected surgery and God luckily was with my husband through all of this as well. And when I opened my eyes, the first thing I said to my husband is, there was a skeleton across the room. And I'm like, it's a skeleton. And I could see this across the room. It was a picture on the wall. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but I could see this. I could see a nurse that I knew because I knew her voice and I could see. Now I couldn't see it on my left eye. And now this was January, 2020, I had surgery. I'm coming in, they said the first year is going to be when I see the biggest improvement in my eyesight. I had full sight out of my right, my left, I was legally blind. Um, the first year there was no real, no real, it didn't get that much better. Um, and my kids go to church here, or go to school here. I still wasn't attending a church, but God just called me to come to the school. It will work out, he said. I wasn't working. I volunteered here for eight weeks straight before I actually found my own funding and got myself a job in this school. And um, I started attending this church and my eyesight has doubled better in my left eye. So I still can't fully see it in my left eye, but I fully put that on God, that I am in this building every day with prayer for people. I've had Caitlin hug me and pray for me at different times that I have struggled. And I truly believe that I am where I am today. I still struggle medically, obviously, we went through a lot, but God 
has me where I'm meant to be. I'm meant to be with the Cricks and with CCCA and with you guys to tell this story. That's what I'm here for. Kim, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, getting to know Kim, like sometimes it's, sometimes days are harder than others. And just for her to be um, here um, is a testimony. Yeah, and her family, love them. So those are just some stories that, as some of you may know, that Brad and I are new here. And as we get to know people, we're hearing stories. And stories are coming out where I was like, wow, that's God. Wow, did you, that, that's where Jesus showed up. And sometimes when I say that, they're like, really? Or they're like, yeah. And it's, it's really great to have these conversations. And that's kind of how um, it's really great to get to know people. Church, it's really great to get to know people and see where Jesus is showing up. Now, Jesus, we keep saying Jesus. And if you don't know who he is, I hope to introduce you to him today. Jesus, we celebrate Easter because of him. We celebrate Easter because of what he did on the cross. When he died, he took all of our sins. He took all our bad choices. And he took it to the grave. He took it to the grave. And when we say we celebrate what Jesus did on the cross, some people are like, how can you celebrate a death? How can you celebrate a death? But the thing is that with Jesus, there was a death, but there was also a resurrection. And that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the hope of what Jesus is and the love of what he is and what he did on the cross had to happen for us to experience that. So that's why we celebrate. Jesus left all of our mess, all of our, our junk in that grave. He left it there. It's not, oh, I'm going to bring this back up with me. It's No, it's there and it stays there. And he came back and he rose from the dead. Our lies, our fights, our addictions, our pride, our hurtful actions. When Jesus came back to life, he conquered all that. He conquered all of it and left it there. What should have killed him, it did not. It did not. And you read in Romans, so in our Bible, Romans 6 in verse 9, it says, Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, church, now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you should also consider Church, consider. Consider these stories you heard. Consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Jesus came. He conquered sin. He beat it with unconditional love. He beat it. He beat it. He stomped it to the ground. He stomped it to the ground for you. He stomped to the ground for me. He stomped to the ground for the world. And the definition of the world is people. It's people. It extends beyond the limits of race. It extends past nations and those who even oppose him. He died for them. He died for people that do not like him because it's unconditional love. No matter what you do, how you look, what you wear, we have not and cannot earn his love because he's already offered it to us freely. It is a free gift. Who loves gifts? Those who came to the Easter egg hunt love gifts. All of us love gifts. Free gifts. is a gift because it's free. 
Jesus gave us the ultimate free gift. In Romans 8, 38, it says, I am convinced that nothing, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels or demons, neither our fears for today, neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us. Isn't that good news? Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Now, when I say God's love, I'm not talking about the mushy, gushy love. We can. We can totally experience that from Jesus. But I'm saying he laid down his life for you. That is the love that I'm talking about. There was no mush and gush in that. He was tortured and tormented, and he took that all on the cross. And he died for us, for, so we could have life in him. There is nothing that can separate us, nothing. Whatever mess that I'm in, whatever mess that you may in, he still loves. He still loves. He came back to life with an invitation. When he rose from the dead, <laughs> there was a meme, sorry, there was a meme on Facebook and the tomb, there was a cartoon, and the stone got rolled away. And the stone was on top of the Easter bunny. <laughs> and the tomb was empty. And my dad sent that to me last night. I was like, yes, dad. That's the real reason. That's why we celebrate, because Jesus is no longer dead. Jesus is no longer dead. When he came back to life, he, sh he showed up. When he came back to life, he didn't go to heaven right away. He didn't just flutter away and disappear. He came to his friends. He came to his mom. He loved people. And he showed up. And he shows up today, just like in the stories we're hearing today. He shows up. Jesus is offering an invitation. When you say, Jesus, I hear these stories. Jesus, I, I want to experience this hope in you. I want to believe in you. I want to follow you. I want to, I want to do my best to be a good person. I know all of us have that good person thing in us. But Jesus, but Jesus, if we have him, as we follow him, that is where love can shine bright. That is where we can have a true life in him, true purpose in him. God sent Jesus in John 3:16 for those who may know it for God so loved the world this is how God loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him everyone not not just Joni down the road or Billy Bob in in St. John everyone the world no limitation he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him you just need to believe Believe that he's real. Believe that, hey, yeah, Jesus came. God sent Jesus. Huh, he died on the cross for me. That's pretty epic. What? He took all that from me, and all I have to say is, Jesus, I believe in you. And then from there, are you telling me from there I can have true life in him, and one day when I die, I can live with him? What is that? That's because of Jesus, his love for us. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The reason why there's eternal life is because there's no death. Jesus conquered it. 
he conquered it. He didn't stay dead. He wants us to have a real life relationship with him. And that's who Jesus is. In a, in, a, in a little nutshell there, that's who Jesus is. And hearing the stories today, that's who Jesus is. He shows up. He, he's real. He makes himself real. And from that, we have the Bible. From that, we can learn about who he is and his actions and, and how he showed up real in people's lives in the Bible. That's happened so many thousands of years ago to today. Jesus is real. And how you can experience his real love is by asking him. You can't receive a gift if you don't have your hands out to receive it, right? It's just going to flop to the ground. If Brad comes from Starbucks and I brought you Starbucks, and I go, great, thank you, and he hands it to me, and I go, thanks. And he's going to be like, do you want it? I'm like, yes. But if you don't actually take it, are you actually receiving it? So Brad's going to stand there in front of me with a hot cup of coffee, and that's where it's going to stay. Or I can choose, thanks, Bradley, this is good stuff, right? And that same, Jesus is not a cup of coffee, but it's the same concept that Jesus is here saying, I'm here, and I want to be your friend. I want to be your Lord and Savior. I want to be your king of your life, because with me in your life, you're going to flourish, you're going to have life abundantly. When you don't know, I'm going to give you the answer. When you're in the dark, I'm going to show you the way. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And for me to speak that to you, I am not wanting and trying to convince you. But this is just coming out of me because that's who Jesus is to me. He's real in me. And I love him. I accepted Jesus when I was 11. And since then, it's been a journey of ups and downs and runaways and backs but Jesus never left me. He's been real in my life the whole time. So that's what we celebrate Easter for. That's why we celebrate. It's because Jesus came. He died on the cross. He took all our, our bad choices, all our, we call it sin. He took that to the cross. He left it in the grave. He buried it, kicked it, left it there, and came back and said, hey, let's do life. Let's do love. Let's not overcomplicate things. As Jesus. So today, church, we are going to end with a song. But before we do that, I want us, can we all just stand today? It's been a great morning, lots of fun, lots of sugar. I'm sorry now, parents, the sugar is going to continue as the day goes on. But just go ahead as it's a celebration of a day, right? But that could be for us. Today, we can ask Jesus. We can receive it. We can stand there. And we can say, I, I hear you, that's okay. Or you can say, Jesus, I accept that gift. Now, what do I do with it? I don't know, and that's okay. You come to church, and we'll help walk with you. Or you read your Bible, and, and you see what Jesus is doing. You ask questions. Yeah. Questions is great, and there's no dumb question. That's how, you, that's how your steps grow. That's how your relationship grows. When you meet someone for the first time, you ask them questions. What's your favorite color? What kind of coffee you like? With Jesus, Jesus, why'd you die for me? Jesus, what's my purpose? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's a relationship. So today, I would like us all to close our eyes. And this is out of respect for one another. 
And if you are here today and you've never asked Jesus, you hear about him, but you've never asked him to be Lord and Savior of your life. And when I say Lord, that means he is in, he's in charge, he's in control, and he is a perfect God. He'll never steer you wrong. When I say Savior, it's because what he did on the cross, and he came back to life, he saved us from sin. He saved us from our, our bad choices, things that just, ugh, in our lives. And he comes and he says, accept me and let's do life together. I forgive you. And if you're in this room today, or even those online, this is for you also. If you're here today and you would like to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, if you're here today and you say, yep, I, I know there's a gift in front of me, a gift of forgiveness, the gift of love, I want to put my hands out to receive it. If that's you today, with all eyes closed, my eyes are open because this can be a, a very intimate decision. It could, it's a life-changing decision. And my eyes are open. Can you raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with today? And this prayer is just us having a conversation. It's us saying, Jesus, I'm here. It's us saying, Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross. I see your hands. I see your hand. If you're here today, there is a gift ready for you. And to receive that gift, you just say, yes, I receive you, Jesus. I see your hand. Anyone else? Now, I want to say is that when I say raise your hand, I see your hand and I see yours. Awesome. And even if you don't want to raise your hand, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like that, that's not a, if I raise my hand today or not, it's in, I'm in and out. When you raise your hand, it's for me to, to know that I can pray with you. So let's pray. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I'm going to pray and you can just repeat after me. I'm going to lead you in this. But after today, it's just a conversation that you can just talk to Jesus just like I'm talking to you. So let's, let's pray. Let's repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your gift. Thank you for dying for me. And thank you for coming back to life for me. Today I ask, come live in my life. Come lead me. Please forgive me for the things I've done that are wrong. Today, I want to walk in wholeness with you. I give you my life.